April 19th, 1995, when Kurt Cobain killed himself. Sweet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's when uh, 27-year-old Timothy McVeigh, to avenge the death of Kurt Cobain, armed with a pocket full of pages from the Turner Diaries, a sick Semper Tyrannus shirt, and almost 5,000 pounds of explosives killed 168 people, injured nearly 700 others in an attack that is labeled as the second most deadly terrorist attack on United States oil. Oil? Oil, man. I mean, you know what that is? It's the secret American agenda slipping out of me. <laughs> it's fucking, they got uh, oil in the Oklahoma building? God, yeah, save man, that shit for the end. <laughs> yeah. A U.S. soil. Of course, the only thing overshadowing it is September 11th, which was actually done by Alex Jones. We're doing that tonight on Death Metal. (laughs) Oh, welcome to the show, you fucking morons. You tuning in? Now, everyone's great. I don't mean that, but, you know, because once again, we're the, every time we do a white nationalist thing, yeah, it's just nonstop complaining. Yeah. For, to you? Well, yeah. I mean, and everywhere. Like, reviews. Yeah. Messages. Yeah, 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 yeah. No one knows the facts more than a white person that's not having sex. For sure. There's really something. You know, that's who's reading is for. Yeah. It's like, well... Mom's white, dad's white, uh, things are going pretty good, except, you know, in the sex department. I don't need it. Just crack open this Edgar Allan Poe and get to the bottom of a few things. Right on. Shit, nobody, I come from a, a basic-ass white family. Nobody taught me how to clean up my toenails. That's true. Or read. But you yeah. fuck. I mean, the math's all there. Yeah, man, I, you know, I'm normal. <laughs> yeah. I don't fuck with my toes. That's true. I put that old, put that old nasty old fucking spoon up in the jelly jar. We be having some problems. How come? But <laughs> <laughs> why is everything related to nails with you so disgusting? You're a, you're a terrorist. Yeah, I mean, I like to make food for people. Like white nationalists would not consider Timothy McVeigh a terrorist, and he wouldn't consider himself a terrorist either. One of the, his famous quotes was like, "Well." They say that I I started I started a war. I didn't start a war. I got into a war that was already started, and yeah. that's literally any hygiene product versus you. <laughs> like it's been the battles have been raging since forever. Oh yeah, man. I've been I've been trying to wage a war on the fungus, man. But you, yeah, you can't finish it because it's been embedded under your toenails. But yeah. your fingernails are gross too. It's yeah. one thing about you that's not disgusting. My heart. Every time I just walk right into it. All right. (laughs) I mean, this has been a fucking white nationalist week of doing attacks. What I don't like, there's a lot of things I don't like, but one of the things that really irks me is like, all right, if you're those survivalist military wannabe white nationalist nerd, if you're that's the type of fucking geek you are, why come? You always do a sneak attack. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Because shouldn't you, as like an upstanding, like all, what they want is to either be part of the Southern 
side in the Civil War or like part of the English side in the Revolutionary War if they want to dig back to their European heritage. And both of those military units would assemble themselves for a form of gentlemanly line-to-line combat. I know the southern gentlemen were attacking the north in like guerrilla warfare type of ways, but they're engaged in a war. I don't see what the fucking honor... There's a blood and honor. That's the shit they always say, right? Is that a Hitler That's thing? blood and soil. No, nah, blood and honor, too. Okay. I think basically yeah, if you yeah. say blood and anything, it's probably a Hitler Yeah, deal. probably. You like to say blood and... I like to say blood and sex, because period sex rocks. Oh, man, for sure. It's one of my faves. Yeah. Well, it's just... If you don't have period sex, not only are you a wimp, but secondly, how are you going to slap God in the face? He literally... No work lubricated it for you. Yeah. I mean, like, you don't have to kiss a neck. Mm. You don't have to tickle a topanga, you know? Ooh, man, old topanga. That's what I've always called the clitoris. All right, well. Because if I have to pick, because I've, you know, I've on record loved topanga since. That's a beautiful woman. Oh, my God. Yeah, man, topanga. <sighs> She's from Topeka, Kansas. I love her. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just ready to go. Ooh, man. Yeah, fire me up a Topanga, man. <laughs> yeah, I like to touch a Topanga. You know what I mean? Treat it how it wants to be. Timothy McVeigh could never find a Topanga. That's part of no, his problem. No. That's always part of the problem. It's like the guy that shot up Dayton wearing an Acacia Strain hoodie, being in gore grind and porno grind bands. <laughs> like, look at Black Craft Colt patches. Yep. It seems like an op, man. Well, the, yeah, well, the come it's a, on, it's an op to to do what? Yeah, like two make, guys to make us forget about Jeffrey Epstein. No, but yeah, <laughs> you, got, you got two guys fucking shooting up some shit. One's on the right side of the law with the Trump, and then they can blame it on video games. And the other yeah. side, some fucking black craft Satanist dude. It's like that. That's did they both live? Are they both alive? Uh, the Trump guy is the black craft kid died. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to spread. And the it. funny part about the Trump. The El Paso guy is in his manifesto. He was like, I'm not coming back for this, but you did. <laughs> and yeah. The, and the Dayton kid had a bulletproof vest. Oh, that's wild. Because his life's a shooting range. I don't know. It's just goofy, man. It's like people just buy into shit, and then they get too far. What it is is people try to go, well, it's this, and it's this. It's like, no, man, it's two fucking idiots who bought into some shit. That's uh, it. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein chasing him down since 1988. Taking kids from the middle of America, beautiful white children, putting them on planes. Going to the mall. Hey, sweetheart, have you ever been on a plane before? No. You ever met Bill Clinton before? No. And I'm tired of it. And then they do these ops, these operations. No one that makes porno grind music would be involved in a shooting. Right. It's kind of weird how occasion straight and porno grinds like a, a, com- a combo. Right it's the now. same thing. It's things that no one likes, but they think they do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. It's all stupid to me. I don't give a shit. Didn't you say you like porno grind before? I like some. No, you don't. Like what? What's your top? What's the top? <laughs> What's your favorite porno grind today, dude? Porno grind? Yeah. Uh, You've already thought too long. No, meat shits. Does that count? Yeah, it's porno grind. It's not good. That's not good. Yeah, well, that's why I like it. You just drive around in your van and crank the meat shits? 
That's what her veins are for. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very fair point. Yeah, it just never stops, dude. And it's always a sneak. You know who was cool fucking terrorists? Do you remember those dudes in L.A.? They went to rob a bank specifically with the intent of fucking fighting it out with the cops. And they had, like, armored everything. Like, top-grade military weaponry. And they, like, walked with that car for blocks, just wreaking havoc. But they only wanted to fight. They only wanted to have a shootout with the police. They didn't want anything else. They just wanted to get into it with the cops. Hell, yeah. Salute. Doesn't matter how you feel about it. It's just way more brave. Because the other thing is just cowardly. I shouldn't say more brave. It's it's kind of brave to rob a bank and shoot it out with police. Like at least like, if you want to say that you're involved in a war, well, you are. Yeah. But if you're like white nationalist wimp, they, you know what they should do to sell when they. All right. So look, no one's ever, no one said anything that makes any sense. Like, I listened to fucking Bernie Sanders on Joe Rogan. Uh-huh. No one's got anything that makes sense for gun control, like what they want to do for testing for. He's like, well, listen to me, Joe Rogan. First of all, it's not you do it. We let the people have the guns, but we do not need assault weapons. What we need is more gay sex, passionate men fucking one another. And that's what I do. I want to come here, Joe Rogan, and open up the X-Files and turn them into the sex files with you. And if you could just commentate when I have my orgasm, Joe. If when I... Oh, he do, he's done! He's finished! Yeah. I mean, you're pretty much just like all this stuff we're talking about. You're laying out the entire movie Point Break. But that's like been the week in white nationalism. But what I'm trying to get at here <laughs> is I've not heard one politician say anything about gun control that makes sense. And I don't know what makes sense, but I do have a comprehensive plan. If you want to buy... A handgun, you've got to be able to do 50 consecutive push-ups. Yeah. You've got to be able to run two miles. You're out. You have to be able to squat your body weight one time. Uh Uh-huh. And then uh, verify that you do frequently have sex with a woman. If you can meet those things, buy a gun. No problem. Right, if fr- any one of those pieces don't fit together, you're out. Because you're not mentally based. So you can't have gay sex? Oh, yeah, you can have gay sex. Did just, I say with a woman? Just sex, yeah. I'm sorry. Friends? As long as with another well, human being, as not long a as dog. You're, as long as you're not a woman. You're not, you're not going around. You're not going around going. Uh, I mean, you know, my dick fits snug inside of a pug. I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a pug would love getting fucked, dude. Oh, dude. like, oh yeah, dogs like to pound, man. <laughs> okay, man. Isn't there a cartoon called Pound Puppies? Is there? Oh, I'm sure. I know there's Puppy Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> That's you. <laughs> You're on the lookout. <laughs> hey, patrol the hoe. You're like an eagle looking for a young beagle. <laughs> Make sure there's no deterrent around the grounds. It's time to open up the dog <laughs> pound. <laughs> anyway, man, when I look at all these fucking mass shooters, none of them are in the physical fitness or having sex. That's the theme. Yeah. None of them. First of all, fellas, I mean, I understand our audience is metal freaks. Yeah. If you proclaim to like a genre called pornogrind, 
Forget it. Yeah. You hate to come. It's not going to happen. If you buy a hoodie from the Acacia Strain, call it. You're not in life for the right reasons. Sure, you might look cool to 14-year-olds, but you are not having sex. Mm. It's impossible. If you've overcome the barrier of wearing an Acacia Strain hoodie and gotten your dick wet, good for you. But you still can't do the rest of the physical requirements to purchase a handgun. And now people want to blame the Acacia Strain. I mean, sure, they do have Jamie Josta on a song proclaiming that his life is a shooting range. <laughs> but it's not like that would make anyone do a mass shooting. However, what's really here to blame is riffs. Hard riffs will make you want to die and no, kill. They, they, you're supposed to make you want to lift weights. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you just go to the gym and get all that out. I'm looking out for the mental stability of America. I understand there's obstacles in the way, you know? Yeah. It, it's not about even being fit or being in shape. It's just mental health. Yes, people do have chemical imbalances, but you got to at least fucking, like, try something. Yeah. Yeah. The, don't sit in your basement and listen to gore grind. That's not going to help. Nope. It's definitely not going to get your dick sucked. You know what you, you need? You say gore grind? Gore grind? Is a, a mouth around your piece. Yeah. That's and, plenty of uh, people that suck your dick and listen to gore, gore grind. Well. We're talking about porno grind. Either one. I'm saying it's not helping your cause if yeah, you're a straight yeah. male. And what I'm talking about, she, here's the thing you're missing out on. Is I'm talking about mass shooters. Are women mass shooters? Man, fuck no. No. Because they'll have sex easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That makes, yeah, that makes sense, man. You're really, yeah. I'm not talking about gay guys. They will have sex easily. Yeah. Has there been a gay mass shooter yet? No, they're too busy. The fucking grinder's got a location service on it. Yeah. If you want to get sucked off right now, you drop... Your beacon in this trailer, and th- three or four guys are gonna come a knocking. Yeah, to fucking suck the cum out of your crockins. You know what I mean? Crockins. You got a crock full of cum, and they want it on their tongue. That's why they got those holes in them so they could breathe. <laughs> That's correct, dude. <laughs> That's correct. Oh crap! Crocs are made to breathe, not to fuck beef. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just. A sick world we're living in, and I feel like... Let's change the culture, man. Let's start... Everybody in porn, man. I feel like, you know, maybe at some point we're going to get good enough to maybe talk to people that are in the porno industry. You know, they always got that white shoe, that white K-Swiss with the tape on it to block the logo. Yeah. Let's do... Let's let's get them wearing Crocs, man. Yeah. It'll cut down on the fungus. It's got to breathe, man. And plus, it's an extra noise, because people love... Like, there's a certain type of person... That loves the ASMR factor of pornography. Uh-huh. I don't know what that sounds for. I just assume it's like a sound making retards come is all I can figure yeah. out for ASMR. But well, on top of that, <laughs> aren't they all no slip? Crocs, yeah, you could get traction, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but people want to hear. Yeah, people like to hear the pussy. You yeah. know what I mean? Just like, well, I think the the upside of that is no slip while you dip. You know? Yeah, yeah. You gotta get a bit of grip. Yeah, I mean, you got. <laughs> You got to get up on them toes with your bros. Anyway, we're getting long-winded about this. Well, I'm trying to say, Timothy McVeigh is certainly no exception. These wimpy, whiny, waspy pussies that are fucking doing these attacks. Yeah. They sit around and they become furious with the way that things are. And I... 
look, we, we'll all get in those moments, but it, it, it's all blaming other people for your problems. The, the fucking guy that shot up El Paso, he's just shooting at Mexicans because he thinks that illegal immigration is causing his personal problems. And this is what happens, is that people think that their personal problems are being caused by these fucking talking points that happen in political media. Yep. So, like, Timothy McVeigh was just listening to Rush Limbaugh. He's like, El Rushbo, voice on loan from God. Pure talent sent from the heavens above. The The reason why men under 200 pounds aren't having sex is because of illegal immigrants and the Jews. It's me, Rush Limbaugh, here to tell you that. Because the Jews have taken over the government, the EIB, Excellence in Broadcasting Radio Network, wants to extend the olive branch out to men underneath 200 pounds and let them know, uh, if we get rid of the, the Zog machine, you'll have sex. It's standing in your way. Get what's yours. But you, they hear these talking points, whatever, and then it's like the, the Dayton, Ohio kid. He called himself a leftist. It never matters. It's yeah. just... Anytime you get involved in extreme ideology and your life's in a bad place and you're looking for anything to blame your problems on, it's because you don't want to address the root issue, which is you. Because even if in your heart you believe the problem with our country is illegal immigration, if you know it to be a fact, you believe it so much. Well, that's part of the... Hold on, man. Come on. (laughs) 132 words. Here we go. You're because what you're trying to say <laughs> is I try to keep you from talking. That's not the case. Just don't talk while I'm talking. Save it for afterwards. Then now, if if you if you really think that illegal immigration, for example, is the problem, mm. you believe it in your heart so much that you know it to be true, that it's affecting every facet of life, including your own. That is impossible. Yeah. There's no way that your personal life is affected by illegal immigration. There's no way your personal life is affected by people that hate minorities. It's just not. So if you hate those things and you want to do something to fight against that, you need to control yourself and build your life in a way that you can do something constructive to help causes you believe in rather than blaming anything for your problems. Yep. Because it's your problem. And there's nothing in the fucking world against you more than you. So when these dorks get this frustration built up and and lash out like this, it 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 fucking fell apart at home. Yeah. Well, I was trying to say it was like politicians are good at that. Like they try to go like they try to identify your struggles and talk about them as if they know, and they get you all built up and they they make your your opinions for you and then you just go yeah that's exactly what I've been thinking, you yeah. know. So it's like it's it's a dumb. It's nobody's really, you know. Even us, it's like. You know, you you could take what we're saying and use it the wrong way. Don't do that. Like, form your own opinions. Me and Chris, always butt heads. No, you should kill yourself. If you're listening to this podcast, there's nothing left. You tried your best. You've given it your all. You don't feel good right now. It's not going to get better tomorrow and definitely not the next day. And three days after that's only going to be worse. You just go to your fucking dad's closet, take the revolver out, put it in your mouth, Shoot yourself. Actually, you know what? Take the revolver and all his other guns to the mall. Open fire on them. Man. And then kill yourself. That's what you should do. Okay. If you want to have a better life. I'm just, you know. Take them all out. 
Yeah. Oh, the people that are making America wimpy. Yeah, because your life's a shooting range. <laughs> yeah, man. But uh, what I'm saying is, is like, you, like we we butt heads on shit. We have our own opinions about it. That's what's special about this. Is like well, we're not telling I you. I don't go, like you. So yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'll share right here in the seat. I'll be cordial enough to take my pants off before I do. Well, thank you. So it stinks real bad. That's the original deodorant shit. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. You're saying something actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it's very important. Yeah. It's it's completely fine to disagree with anybody. Yeah. Just do it in a nice way, you know? Well, disagree, that's that's where that's where it's falling apart at. Everything's so polarized. Yeah. And the reason it's that way, I mean, I, we've already said it a million times, so I'm not going to drag you down big internet conspiracy road, but, I mean, the every everything that you hear, if, if you allow any type of media in, it's all trying to get you to do something. And the only way to get you to do something that you hadn't thought about doing is to get an emotional response out of you. So politicians, fucking shoe, shoe companies, I mean, everything, everything, top to bottom, the all capitalism, all the world that we live in is completely structured around making you get into an emotional state and then driving you to act on it. It's, the politics are no different. So fuck all that shit. Just listen to yourself, and yourself. You're not. You're not right. I'm never right. Yeah. Be on your own fucking team. Don't be on somebody else's. That's bullshit. Yeah. Form form something for yourself. You know, so that way you've right. got a leg to stand on. Don't stand on somebody else's leg. That's bullshit. That's you bullshit. Know, one person militia. Just go buy a lot of weapons and just take them all down. Everybody. <laughs> well, here's someone who certainly tried. Timothy McVeigh. Was born April twenty third, nineteen sixty eight, Lockport, New York, Northeaster. Only son, second of three children of Irish parents, Mildred Noreen, known as Mickey, and William McVeigh. You know what a unfucking New York Irish person is? Ah, you get the potatoes. I put the potatoes in the bar. Eh, shut up, Mickey. The fight's on the TV. <laughs> the fight. It's always the fight. <laughs> yeah. It's just fighting. All That's all they're doing is watching fights, getting in fights. There's brass knuckles made out of potatoes. I've been drinking. Let me. You know. <laughs> let me touch myself. Do you think Irish people make uh, pocket pussies out of potatoes? Yes. Because they got kind of a moisture. Well, I never thought about fucking a potato until now. And as soon as it crossed my mind, I knew for a fact you could certainly fuck a potato. Sure. I fucked a watermelon before. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, way back. <laughs> like, because I saw, I saw a thing that was like a, a fucking pamphlet. It was like yeah. a, one of those Christian tracks. Yeah, handing out watermelon. Fucking. <laughs> yeah, I swear to God, Here's dude. Here's some watermelon it was fucking like, techniques coming like to church. It was like watermelon fucking propaganda, but it wasn't at a church. It just like showed a guy with a watermelon, and he cut a hole in it, and he was pointing at the hole, and he put it in the oven. And he would looked at his watch for 10 minutes, and it was set on, like, 400, and he pulled it out. And then he yeah. blew on it, and the steam came out, and then he fucked it. And it was like... So it was and like, I did. And it rocked. Okay. It gets, like, a suction. That's pretty cool, I guess. That was, I was way... I should... Yeah, I would try that again. It's like shotgun and beers. You put a hole it's up a at the top. Effort. Dude, it sucks. 
It sucks. It sucks, you dude. You warm that boy. You put that boy. You take a melon and you put it in the oven for a little bit, yeah. 400 degrees. They're like, how do we make people that fuck fruits look stupid? <laughs> They're like, you know, I know I saw American pie and they fucked that apple pie. but That's like, all wrong. That's all wrong. No, because it's a, it's the, a watermelon. A melon's got a sturdy exterior. Yeah, man. And a real fucking gotta, supple interior. You got to connect the dots, man. <laughs> yeah, and it, su- it also sucks, dude. You can connect the dots, you, dude. That's like, you, dude. Man, you remember when like, <laughs> big tits were the thing? <laughs> yeah. Where people were like, man, I like a big melon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, man, I'm gonna fuck me a melon tonight. Yeah. Cause they're like, <laughs> yeah. this is sexualized breastfeeding. Yeah, they that's sexualized fun. fruit. It's a fucking <laughs> it's a it's an egregious process. So that's a good tip too, is like next time you feel like going on a fucking white nationalist kill spree, you mean take about four hours to yourself and fuck a watermelon. Yeah. <laughs> Turn <laughs> that cantaloupe into a manalope. Yeah. yeah. If you fucking, you know, talk to it a little bit, warm it up, tr- treat it good. Ooh. Man. That's a real fleshy fruit, man. It's a, that you know they call it apple the forbidden fruit, but I got to you know that was Eve's forbidden fruit. You, a woman's not supposed to eat an apple, but a man. Do you turn it around on your dick to find the seed so it's like a clit? <laughs> I've never like sought out a clit with my dick for pleasure. No, man, but you know if you didn't know, you're like yo, like I heard about this clit thing. I don't oh, know what's yeah. at the top. I want to make fun of you, but you're talking to the same guy who thought that a pussy hole, a pussy was just a hole, and it was just where our dick was. That's what I used to think. Cool. You know what I mean? Nope. <laughs> yeah, like when I was a kid, like I knew, I knew that sex was putting your dick into a hole. Yeah. And I just figured because of where my dick's at, that's where the pussy's at, but I just also figured it was just like a hole. Are you wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, like in the front, though. Like if you, like yeah, if we yeah. were standing up, I could just like run into you. Like you an old me? belly button Sutton, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I got my dick in this pussy. Yeah, it's just like a lower yeah. belly button, dude. It's like uh, Solomon's key, the lesser belly button. <laughs> that's a that's a deep a cold joke that probably like only oh, black metal people are gonna get in there. Only this people is funny. They listen to black the buy black craft. Yeah, cold. I want to tell you that if you. But own anything from Black Craft Colt, don't listen to the podcast, but I feel like we're going to lose a lot of listeners. Yeah. Do whatever feels good to you, man. If you want to let the community know that you hate God by way of buying a $30 piece of material, <laughs> feel free. Stick it to the man. But for me, in my house, we're going to suck dick. Yeah. It's just these old... What is this shit called? Natter days, bro. Yeah, natter days. These are uh, pretty much the equivalent... Of that, but these are good. Well, I'm gay. Uh, most of his classmates remember Timothy as being a shy and withdrawn boy, while others describing as being outgoing and playful. I'm guessing that the first crop were the black kids, <laughs> and the second crop were the white kids. Oh, crap. Uh, he claimed to have been bullied relentlessly by the black kids. Well, deservedly <laughs> so. Yeah, hell yeah, man. If you got this fucking dork in your school, and it's like, what? Well, when I see him, he's not saying a word, and he's looking down. When I see him with those other white kids, he's having a great time. Let's whoop his ass. <laughs> oh, crap. Says he was bullied relentlessly, and he took refuge in a fantasy world <laughs> where he imagined retaliating against the bullies, and by the end of his life, he stated his belief that the United States government was the ultimate bully. Which is, that sounds like a fight, like the, the America's just a wrestler. Yeah. Some fucking. Well, today on WWF, we got 
Iran versus America. Real slobber knocker. One's the downtrodden, goat-riding, Muhammad-loving, oil-harboring country versus the ultimate bully. <laughs> Puppies! I just realized I'm good at uh, Alex Jones because I've been doing a JR voice for forever. Yeah. Because whenever JR from You w- do the I when you do the impression? I can't talk to him. We could do uh, all the most like during the attitude area. He got Bell's palsy. You remember that shit, yeah, dude? Yeah. I remember him like which like one week he'd be like, "All right, King, we got a great set of matches tonight," and then he was gone for like a month. And Man, he one came of my back, best friends like, "King, I'm not gonna believe we got a real flower tonight." <laughs> a good buddy of mine got Bell's palsy. And I don't know if he's still struggling with it or not, but man, I saw him. He was talking about cough syrup, and it was one of the funniest things ever. Because it's supposed to go away. It goes away over time. That's why it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. get it forever. You just get palsy for a month. Yeah. That rocks. You're just all... <laughs> JR's the only person that had it for like 20-something years. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think he had a stroke. If I could guess, JR had a stroke, but he needed to get paid because he was spending all his money on cocaine and prostitutes. Yeah. So he was like, don't worry about Bell's palsy. They're like... You're sure you didn't have a stroke because you do cocaine all day and all night? You're in your 60s and you're still having sex with 20-year-old prostitutes who need you to be up when they get off from their job at the strip club? It's just, There's no way that could have happened. <laughs> He's still alive. I, yeah. I feel like once you get Bill's paws, you could just jack off to that one eye because it looks like a weird pussy. He's got that old bend in it, you know? Where is this? <laughs> You gotta turn your head sideways so it's upright. It's a Radiohead album. <laughs> <laughs> like, is this good or no? Uh, I like this. That no, uh, it's just weird art. Let's throw it away. There's different kinds of paintbrushes. <laughs> <laughs> McVeigh later stated to journalists that he had no idea how to talk to girls. Yeah. Well, step one: don't be a fucking wimp. <laughs> Ah, gee, guys, I don't know how to talk to girls. Have you ever tried to, like, use the same mouth that makes the same noises as it does when you talk to men? But that's always, like, because he's like, I wanted to get to the pussy, but I got no way to get there. The zigzags are down. Yeah, that's what he did. I feel like it's a flat top <laughs> haircut because, you know, yeah, the grandpa was like, just get your flat top haircut. Yeah. Women like a man that's in the military. Yeah, I don't know. He's just a bitch. I... Yeah, hell yeah, he is. If you're, if I was reading his biography and I didn't know what happened, I'd be like, man, the, you know, I want to help this kid out. But when you know the ultimate payoff, it's like this man never soaked before. Nope. When he was in high school, McVeigh, like many <laughs> many other virgins, became interested in computers and hacked into government computer system on his Commodore sixty four. Damn. With screen named the Wanderer, in reference to the Dio song. Oh, well, that's kind of cool. Kind of cool. It <laughs> is really pretty cool. cool. Yeah. It's just, here's the problem, fellas, once again. Now, if you put on, if you go home, if you're married like me and Buddy, or if you got a significant other in your life, you go home and you put on Dio, you light some candles, you're going to have awesome fucking fucking. Yeah. However, if you've got no one to go home to, and you light up the candles and you put on Dio, and you fucking put incense into your dragon statue, well then, the key ingredient that's missing to the awesome fucking a partner to have sex with will never appear. <laughs> you gotta 
lure them in there by pretending you're a normal person before you throw deal at them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're on your first, if you go on a date with somebody, you're sitting there because uh, look, I'm I'm trying. I can't put it in Tinder terms because I was never a part of internet dating. It's all you know. Let's say you met someone on MySpace. <laughs> you get online, you dial up with your crazy kids with your jibbers and your jabbers. You go on your first date. Uh, you know, what you don't want to do is start telling them why Ronnie James Dio is in your top three vocalists and that you would put him above Rob Halford, but his lyrics that dwell into the fantasy world <laughs> keep him below. It's not going to get your dick sucked. No. So you just got to keep your weird metal inside for a date. And then you got to let it go. Because you, you also don't want to m- marry someone that likes metal. Yeah. No, that's weird. Like, the, the, I married the first person I dated that didn't even know who Slipknot was. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, because I had enough. That's good <laughs> I shit. Already, I made mistakes. Like, I went through it all. You dated girls that were into hardcore, which is, like, way worse. Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Look, we have 60%. I feel like they're out there listening now, but, you know. Yeah. You should have killed yourself. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 man. Uh, if you're a lady, you know who integrity is. We're not going to get along. Yeah, they will. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you still fucking. Let me put it this way. I dated a girl one time who told me to my face that she wanted to go back home and have mosh sex. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's not who you have kids with. Nope. I wonder where she's at right now. I should just <laughs> take a peek. Probably Six feet at, under. <laughs> or, or a fan of them, <laughs> which is way oh, worse. Yeah. Probably yeah. working at a Sonic drive-thru. Shit. Yeah, you ain't wrong about that. We <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a rough There's time. two types of people that work at Sonic, brother. Marsh sex and what? Two dicks in the ass. Gay man, yeah, the shake machine guys. They're the experts at shaking. Yeah, well, and that's not a that's just a throwback to or whatever the next. Those are the guys who are in charge. The bone video comes out. We watched two. We watched a guy take two dicks. Oh, that's the jerk Jack and reacting. Yeah, I mean, gay dudes would put two dicks in their butt. Those are the master shakes, man. Yeah, they make the best. They run the business. That's true. They're intelligent enough. They know. Yeah, because everyone else that worked at Sonic was stupid. Like man. We've been making these blasts for years. Like, <laughs> I still don't feel like we're doing good enough. And then the, once you got it, you know, the master blast is when they really yeah. took off. So they're like, why don't you crush the Reese's up and then put them in the shake? And they're like, oh, my well, they don't, God. They don't, <laughs> shove, they don't shove the dicks in at the same time like the heads are in, but then, like, one guy goes and the other guy goes. It's kind of like a let's share. You know? It was a beautiful you split it. teamwork. Yeah, you, know? you don't, you don't want to blow it all away. Yeah. You want to make sure that thing's shaped enough for the next time. Yeah, it was Thomas the Spank Engine. You just got to keep rolling down the track. That's got to be a good thing for a gay person to be able to have two dicks in a butt, man. Because that's yeah, what that would rock. So because if that's what that's you like, like the, yeah, man, that's, that's what I'm saying. With the crop, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's like getting your ass licked and your dick sucked. How far is heaven? That really would have been cool if they would have sucked a dick while those two dicks were going in. They had another guy that was like, "Hey, man." He could have been there. Yeah. I don't always feel like that's what Monday is for gay dudes. Yeah. They're just having a great time, man. 
They do, man. They My- do. Again, how many mass shooters have been gay? Not many. Fucking none. My wife had a, uh, somebody she employed that was a gay dude, and she was like, he, he goes, did you fart? And she's like, no. And he was like, I guess it's me. I've been getting trains ran on me all night. And it was like, he just kept working, man. He's just happy to be at Spencer's, yeah. you know? So he was just leaking? Yeah, he just leaking. <laughs> you thought your wife farted? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I just, I've noticed that your farts smell like train wreck. <laughs> train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to figure out what it is. But yeah, they're it not. It smells doing- like under siege, too. <laughs> <laughs> man, that would be Steven Seagal. Thwarting terrorists off of a train was absolutely gay porn. Yeah. Anyway, the fucking wanderer here, of course, is never going to get his dick touched one time. Senior year, he was named Star Point Central High School's most promising computer programmer, but did shitty in school until he graduated in 1986. They just wanted to give him like an award because they knew that he was a goddamn menace, I'm sure. Yeah. They're like, all right, it's our annual awards. Is there something, anything? Just something that we could make Timothy's life seem better with. Please help. We're like, well, we've never given away a computer award before. Let's hand it to him. They're like, well, he's got D's in all his classes. Like, guys, please. <laughs> he needs something. Well, why don't you suck his dick, Mrs. Principal? Anything but that. <laughs> no, fix the problem. One old dick sucking would have just fixed it all, man. And, of course, Timothy's grandpa... Introduced him to firearms at a young age. What he was always tell people in the class, like when they did career day and shit, is that he wanted to be a gun shop owner, and he occasionally brought guns to school to impress his classmates. That was a different time, a pre beautiful at pre Columbine age. He became immensely interested in gun rights as well as the Second Amendment after graduating high school. Love to read Soldier of Fortune magazine like every other fucking nerd, gun-loving virgin. And they would have meetups. And that, through the course of this podcast, we'll learn over and over again that Soldier of Fortune leads to so many near-homoerotic virgin encounters. That's another thing, too. If, like, all these guys that came up with these crazy ideas would just fuck each other, yeah, problem solved. Quit being... So conservative all the time, boys. Just let your friends suck at one good time. You don't know. You know what I mean? Like, a, has a woman ever sucked your dick? Probably. Who cares then? <laughs> like, yeah. no one's mouthed your pipe before. Then what's to say a man doing it isn't the best? Yeah. I don't know, man. What's going on here? You know, that's, it, I don't know. I better not even talk because it just sucks. It just sucks nobody's getting sucked. Some people are not getting sucked. <laughs> okay, you man. know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Slurp me up. <laughs> what point were you going to make? <laughs> I wasn't going to. I was just sitting there thinking, man, what a life to live, or you just got to go fucking do some dumb shit and never feel what it's like. Man, you know, uh, my in-laws have a cow that'll suck your fucking kneecaps off your body. You know, go find that. <laughs> yeah, that'll get you. It, man, <laughs> I'm sure somewhere, bro. my kneecaps, when I was getting my kneecaps sucked, I was like, fuck, I'm about to come from my kneecaps. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dude, cows yeah. rock. Oh, man. Like Ring cow, that dude. fucking cowbell. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. It loved Dude. me, man, because it was all crippled up and shit, and I helped it walk. It's it's also like you want to feel bad for virgins that act out, but it... You can't, man. Well, but yeah, because, like, I know, like, I remember the first time that I went inside of a pussy, I was like, yeah, I mean, this is the only thing that matters. Yeah. Nothing, everything else has been stupid until this point, and then after this, whenever this is not happening, those times are fucking dumb as fuck. Yeah. But, like, you gotta earn it. Yeah. Give, you can't be fucking wearing fatigues. If you wear fatigues... The only thing that people can't see is your tiny dick. You got to fucking put that thing out there. I'm surprised war metal's not to blame, you know? People in war metal are getting pussy. Yeah, because they're lifting weights. Exactly. They can pass the physical challenge. It's like all the energy that would have gone to shooting something up. They got rid of it all. And they got all big. And sure, they're wearing sunglasses at night and being big-time dorks in their own right, but it's attractive to yeah. some. Yep. I mean, enough. I mean, I'm sure they're probably, you know... Banging outside of my weight class, <laughs> if you know what I mean, but they're yeah. still getting it in. Who cares? Yeah. Big hogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Big ferals. You see that shit? <laughs> 30 to 40 feral hogs. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I like a thing. When I heard feral hog, I didn't even know what the fuck they were talking about it. And I was like, fucking somebody shoot up a strip club now? Yeah. Plus size strip club. <laughs> feral hog would be such a good name for a fucking tip bar, brother. Feral hog, yeah. yeah. You only get big. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. only big women. We were laughing earlier about doing a fucking all-male strip club with just fat dudes so they don't take their shirts off, just their pants. They just Donald Duck it the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just fucking running around <laughs> like, like they fucking pull their dick out like the dick's fine as long as you push the fat back. Yeah, but you don't take your shirt off ever because you're embarrassed. Look, <laughs> I like, saw, dude. There's so many yeah. fucking fat dudes. Like, what you know, we live in some redneck Arkansas town, and uh, there's so many fat dudes that go to the lake that won't take their shirt off. That shit is so fucking. It's funny. the best. It's man. the funniest fucking thing in the world. But they're also same ones that be like, I can fight. Oh yeah, yeah, but you it's know, a tap out shirt. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to grab my my fucking fat ass stomach like a cheeseburger and slap it on my wife's forehead. Say, time to wake up, because then she knows what time it is. Burger time, domination. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He briefly attended college, but dropped out. Went to work as an armored car guard, which I'm sure, like, he just found out that there was a fucking job that had the word armored in it, and was like, fuck yeah. I his, carry a gun. Yeah. His coworkers noticed that he was obsessed with guns. <laughs> they rec- when they talked to people that he worked with to figure out his life story, some of his coworkers said he would come to work looking like Pancho Villa because he would be ho- wearing dual bandoliers. Not very American, man. That's true, man. Build a wall around that guy. Yeah, they should have built a wall around Timothy McVeigh. Uh, of course, every you know, there's only one place for Timothy McVeigh to end up, and that's where he went. May of 1988, 20 years old, he enlisted into the United States Army Infantry School of Fort Benning, Georgia. Now, the thing about reading Soldier of Fortune magazine is it's all about secretive tactics, special op missions, Fuck operating, God. being a ranger, being a Green Beret, hard grizzled soldiering so of course when he enlisted he felt like he was ready to go he knew about guns sniper tactics explosives yeah first thing that happened discipline wise in the military he purchased a white power t-shirt 
at a Ku Klux Klan protest against black servicemen who wore black power T-shirts around the base. So, again, back in 1988, black soldiers wore black power T-shirts on a military. Soldiers, actual soldiers. Yeah. And then the protest, the Klan showed up there, and they sold T-shirts. <laughs> God wow. damn it, dude. Got to make that sad money from and working at Arby's. Also, is like a you know, when people were like, oh, "Racism's so bad now." Like, dude, do you think that anybody is going to sell a white power T-shirt and Klan robes at a military base in 2019? Fuck no, dude. No. You think anyone's going to show up in a Klan uniform anywhere in 2019? Somewhere they can't be seen. That's it. You, you get beat up. When I went to that thing downtown, man, some guy was handing out flyers that was like. Here's the statistics of black people white and or raping white women. Like, what are you trying to abolish marijuana? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> what the fuck did that flyer come from? Some white power retard. Yeah. Retard. Retard. I think you're okay. I think you'd actually say that if you're describing a white power person. I think it negates. I, yeah, I said in the tone of push it by static X though. Yeah, you retard. <laughs> <laughs> you you retard. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went down a rabbit hole watching Farm Club from USA. Remember that shit? You were watching Farm Club? I had to watch them all, man. <laughs> you did? Yeah. And our buddy Josh McLean was on one of them. You don't think there was anything that you could have done to, like, maybe help the podcast in that time? I tried. You sure? I just tried to help out Farm Club. Oh, thanks, man. That'll definitely benefit me and you. Yeah. You know, they had corn and lint biscuit on the same episode. Fuck yeah. We should watch So it rocked. Yeah, so we should watch that sometime. I got shit to do, man. Yeah, that. If you would do, well, a quarter of it, I might be able to watch 10 minutes of a farm club. Shit, man, you don't even know how busy I am. You You watched every episode of Farm Club. You're not that busy, guy. I was busy as fuck. It was like 5 in the morning. I couldn't even sleep. I was so amped up. Power Man 5000 gets me going. Yeah, that's true. You know, it'll really rev you up with that one song. Hell yeah. Well, <laughs> they, didn't they try to like do like do like oi punk or some shit at one point? I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty the, sure they tried to come back as like a punk band. It's like Lost in Space New Metal, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. Yeah, so Timmy McVeigh was a top scoring gunner. Great with a 25-millimeter cannon. That was what was mounted on top of the Bradley fighting vehicle. It's, uh, it's like a, like the armored trucks that you see used even in like the desert today that they drive with the big fucking cannon on top. Promoted the sergeant. After being promoted, he earned a reputation of assigning undesirable work to black servicemen and frequently used racial slurs. He was stationed at Fort Riley, Kansas, before being deployed on Operation Desert Storm. Storm and Norman (laughs) and Timmy McVeigh, together at last. He spoke of his experience in Kuwait before his execution in his authorized biography, American Terrorist, Timothy McVeigh and the Tragedy of Oklahoma City. He stated he decapitated an Iraqi soldier with cannon fire on his first day and absolutely loved it. That does not sound possible. You may have blown his head off, but I don't see how 
with a 25 millimeter cannon that you were able to like precision cut someone's neck. Stick his head in it. Well, I'm saying you could you could blow his head off. Oh yeah. Yeah. But doesn't the cat? Well, anyway, whatever. He's not using a blade. That's how much I don't like him. Is I don't even want to give him credit for some dumb shit that he bragged about. Like, no, yeah. no, you didn't. <laughs> yep. It's just quite a fucking dumb thing. But yeah, yeah it, you know, he fucking loved killing people. Uh, cannon fire on us. Uh, said he was shocked to be ordered to execute surrendering prisoners and was delighted seeing the road of death leaving Kuwait City after. United States troop routed the Iraqi army down the roads, which I mean, the road of death was basically they controversial shit where they had the Iraqi, the opposition occupying party, they forced them to walk this fucking road, and they're supposed to like wrangle up all the prisoners and do the right thing, but instead they just fucking fired on them. Yeah, real cool guy stuff. You know what I mean? McVeigh received several service awards, including the Bronze Star, National Defense Service Medal, Southwest Asia Service Medal, Army Service Ribbon, and the Kuwaiti Liberation Medal. He wanted to join the United States Special Forces after he got back, of course. You know what I mean? Soldier Fortune Magazine, he felt like he was prepared for it. He's been a fucking sergeant. Washed out on the second day of the 21-day assessment to be selected, not even the program, the second day of seeing if you could even get into the program, he fucking failed. Have you ever seen the the process of that? Yeah. There's a dog, like, they're doing shit like getting woke up after, like, two or three hours of sleep. They're pouring Tabasco in their eyes and chewing fucking coffee grounds and shit, like, it's some wild shit. Yeah, but it's, people make it through. Yeah. They're trying to weed people out. They're trying to figure who's the hardest of the hard, you know? Yeah, and he's not. He's the weakest of the weak. Yeah. So that's why it's funny. And but, but, but this, this dude's whole dream, his whole fucking, <laughs> fucking fly, his whole gag has been to become a soldier of fortune, brother. Yeah. He wants to be a lethal, elite operator, mercenary, and he can't even get past the second fucking day. It's just the, everyone's fantasy in their head. They're the toughest, meanest, hardest guy. But when it comes to putting the fucking boots to the dirt, you're crying for your mom. You're going home. Your true colors shine through. After he didn't make it, he decided to leave the Army and was honorably discharged in 1991. So, again, we talk about his military career. It's like, yes, he did go. It's not like he saw a bunch of active combat. In fact, he fired upon unarmed prisoners of war. Yep. Failed out of the Special Forces. That hurt his feelings. And so he only did three years in the Army. We're not talking about a fucking hero at any point. No. Because his military shit comes into play when he's trying to fucking win people over and be a cool guy. Soon after he left the Army, McVeigh wrote letters to local newspapers complaining about taxes. Imagine being in your 20s and doing some fucking femme shit like that. Yeah. It's like if this dude would have had the... He would have just yelped the government. Like, I rate the government one star. I had to pay these icky taxes, which we all know is theft. First of all, I ordered the small tax package, and the large tax package came to the table. I told the waitress that she had the wrong one. And she said okay and took it back, but I didn't like her attitude. Pretty much. 
You, I mean, you do that so good, I want to slap the fuck out of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I work in restaurants, man. I know yeah, how it yeah, goes. Yeah. <laughs> he wrote in, taxes are a joke. Regardless of what political candidate promises, they will increase. More taxes are always the answer to government mismanagement. They mess up, we suffer. Taxes are reaching cataclysmic levels with no slowdown in sight. Is a civil war imminent? Do we have to shed blood to reform the current system? I hope it doesn't come to that, but it might. While visiting friends in Michigan, McVeigh reportedly complained that the Army had implanted a microchip into his right butt cheek so they could keep track of him. Yeah, I'm sure the Army didn't want one of its deadliest warriors just walking around in the streets. That's why he failed out, because they had something special in mind. Yeah, they're like, this guy... Is so full of grit and rage and determination. He's the top of the top, the elite, the Jesse Ventura class of super soldier. We gotta track him down. God damn. <laughs> he worked long hours at a dead end job, felt like he had no home anywhere. He just wanted to fuck. That's it. Every time he tried to talk to somebody, he got shut down. He was trying to come on to a co worker because he sucked at talking to women. He, the reason why he would say this in the future is he thought that he brought too much pain to his loved ones. He grew angry and frustrated at his difficulties in finding a girlfriend. So he got into obsessive gambling. Unable to pay back his gambling debts, he took a cash advance and then defaulted on his repayments. Tried to move to a different state so his debt didn't follow him, and he wanted to move somewhere where he didn't have to fucking pay taxes. Like, look, my man, you're working a minimum wage job and losing your money to gambling. How much fucking taxes are they taking from you? Like, where did you make this? A hundred bucks? Did they take five from you? Relax. He could have started the band First Blood. Why is that? Because they're all wearing army shit. They do wear fatigues. They're not fucking... I feel like that guy that was in terror probably fucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, yeah, he could have waited it out, you know. He could have got it to a girl that listens to hardcore. That See? That's the answer, Then he would have just killed himself. Oh, yeah, that's the answer to killing yourself. So you don't kill other people, man? Yeah, that's true. This old boy killed babies, man. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, women of hardcore, Get out there and do your job and fucking get these incels to murder themselves for the pussy. Yeah. What are you doing? Sit <laughs> on it, you know? Sit on it. Let them get in there one time and never talk to them again. You'll see what happens. You know, as soon as you hear a fucking old bum, 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 dun, 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 you know, just sit on the dick. Sit on the dick. You see somebody with some combat fatigues and a fucking high and tight, <laughs> you know, fucking sit on well, that they're shit. They're not actually in the army right at that time? No, man, but you'll make them part of the pussy army. He squat down. Yeah. And really, squats are the answer. I think a great punishment. I mean, you're fu- we're fucking around, but I seriously think, you know what a great punishment for incels would be? is just to give them one, just a crumb of the pussy. Just one. Just, could I please have a crumb? Just a little bit. Like the corner flap? It's <laughs> just like, let him get it in there and feel how much it rocks. Yeah. And then, like, like you know how sometimes a girl will do that thing with a tease you and they'll, like, slide down it? Yeah. And just not move. And you're like, come on. I'm trying to goo. And you're yep. trying to, to make me wait for it. Don't I'm, make me suck that bacon in. Let me, <laughs> let me get what I need. 
Well, just do Letting that to know, him, you know. But then just get up and leave. So now they now that's how you get a shoot because going. it's like this, dude. If they're that mad about being a virgin, they have no idea what they're actually missing out on, and you just let them get a crumb. Yeah, just a little. You know what I mean? Just a rub your something to rub between your fingers. When they know how good it feels, imagine the rage after that. Yeah, they're either gonna go shoot somebody or buy a bunch of Hot Wheels. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, man! <laughs> I have no idea why, but that's so funny. That's because they're autistic. Autistic people love <laughs> fucking Hot Wheels, man. <laughs> you think I'm kidding, man? Every every motherfucker I know that's got autism, they love fucking Hot Wheels. Yeah, I start carrying Hot Wheels as a test, dude. Just fucking roll them across the room and see who gets up to get them and be like, you can right, get robbed for Hot Wheels. They're going to shoot your stupid ass. They're give you. They're like, I took his Hot Wheels. <laughs> Ugh, your foot just touched me. It's got a sock on it, though. <laughs> the, why? Your feet I'm, are so gross that they feel cold and clammy through a sock. I try to use protection, man. Thank you. I do appreciate that. I do definitely. You're fucking wearing socks and sandals in August, dude. You're disgusting. It's a style right now, man. No, it's not. I never know if I got a ball, dude, or if I got to put some real shoes on. <laughs> yeah, you might have to dunk on somebody, dude. I got backpacking my car with some shoes in them because I might have to fuck somebody up on the courts. But you couldn't keep the socks in the backpack, too? No, I gotta keep them all, man. I'm on a time restraint. Yeah, you gotta get back home and watch the rest of farmclub.com before it fucking evades you. Fuck yeah, that's where I got the <laughs> style I got. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know that it was a dot com, but it was just on USA this. Yeah, so the government contacted Timothy McVeigh and told him he overpaid one thousand he was overpaid, sorry. He was overpaid. $1,058 while in the army, and he had to pay it back, which is some really fuck shit to do. Is that, a, that happened to me at a job one time where I got a check, and it was like double what my check was supposed to be. So I was like, fuck yeah. I thought it was like a fuck Christmas time, baby, and then just cash that motherfucker. And I was like even more poor than I am now. I mean, it was back in like my teen years, and I was so hyped, and I went and just, you know, cashed my check like normal. Yeah. And then like three months later, not even like... A week later, like, I had totally forgotten about it, and they didn't even tell me. They just get, sent me a check for zero. <laughs> like, you had to pay back the time we overpaid you three months ago. <laughs> it's like, oh, thank you. You fucked up. You yeah. was just living my fucking life. Yeah. Were you buying lugs? No. But he said, go ahead, take everything on your own. Take my dignity. Feel good as you grow fat and rich at my expense, soaking my tax dollars in property. That, you know, I made a Kurt Cobain joke. I didn't know why, but now I know because that's Courtney Love lyrics. Go ahead, take everything. I won't take my dignity. Feel good as you grow fat, rich at my expense. That'd be great. He was listening to Hole when he did all this crazy shit. It's like, what if Hole was that really could drive anybody over the fucking? Yeah, edge. man, Hole oh, is a band that you could definitely like. You could definitely blame music if it's fucking Hole. That's exactly what happened to Kurt Cobain. This is the like, did Courtney kill Kurt Cobain? Yes, and did he kill himself? Yes. She brought the whole demo tape to him. He put it in, and he knew he had to go. Yeah, it's too good, man. 
<laughs> uh, baby, I can't handle how awesome this is. What if he was like just a good fortune teller? He's like, man, this is just laying the pathway for a band like Kitty to come over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, made me over. Also on, uh, well, I want to be. I watched their performance on Farm Club. I'm so bad. <laughs> I just like, dude, you know, I did like 10 hours of shit. Keep it up, man. You're going to review a fucking kitty album. I did like 10 hours <laughs> of shit. Yeah. But the podcast this week. And uh-huh. then you did none. And then I come to find out that that's because you were busy watching every episode of fucking farmclub.com. Hey, man. I do my part. <laughs> Somebody long. counted how many words you said on the last yeah. Counted I had to cut myself off man Because I can't do more than that You're the spokesman man You're the guy that gets people revved up to do a shooting I hope they do I don't have and that And I hope skill. they shoot me That's all I want This is all I'm looking for Is when you do it Just come find me I'll finish the rest yeah, enjoy a buddy-only podcast. You'll love that. I'm talking about fucking your dead body. <laughs> <laughs> I like to see that big old jaw move up and down <laughs> before the fucking rigor mortis sets in. Jaw jacking. Are you that mad that you don't have a jawline? I don't have a jaw. No, man, I don't care about that. I get mine right. in. <laughs> Your jawline, you just get it in. That's why I got. I'm getting it in, bro. I gotta shave it the way I shave it, so it seems. Like <laughs> you I like grow? I fucking put a beard on it, bitch. Yeah, but I can't shave my face. I do look like a butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't even have a butt chin, dude. You just look like a butt. Yeah, man, I'm a butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, man. <laughs> that is fucking true. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> this, is, what, this is such a fucking wimp. Uh, McVeigh introduced his sister. <laughs> To anti-government literature, but his father had no interest in his views. So he moved out of his father's house, got an apartment with no telephone, which had the advantage of making it impossible for his employer to call him in for overtime. That does rock. Yeah. He's like, Tim, I tried to call you for overtime, but I noticed you didn't have a phone number list. He's like, well, that's because I don't have a phone because the government might be able to call me on it. And also, I can't afford one. That's cool. Uh, he quit the NRA around this time because he thought its stance on gun rights was too weak. It's like, oh, so you're the National Rifle Association, huh? Well, what about the National Shotgun Association? The National Pistol Association? The National Cannon Association? You fucking wimps, I'm out. Yeah, that's what's cool, man. 1993, he drove to Waco, Texas during the Waco siege to show his support for cool guy David Koresh. Now, first of all, I get it. Favorite guitar player. You see a guy in one picture with the Jackson Dinky. Yeah, man. Shredding at it. And then another picture you see him with the BC Rich Martin Mockingbird just ripping it apart. Yep. You know what he's about? Laying pipe. Having sex and playing acts. It's just the problem is the sex he was having... Like Jeffrey Epstein, it was teenage girls. Yep. And so, what What I hope, I don't even care what white nationalists think, but everyone that was pro-Waco, like on David, it's just like everything, like not, the, all this shit is just, nothing's ever black and white. There's too much gray area to make judgments about things. Yeah. Because at the time, it was like, damn, like all this dude did 
is just have some weird beliefs and fucking shred, you know? Like, he's wearing jean shorts and playing scales fast. Yeah. But on the inside, he was fucking kids. Yeah. And then, like, you know. He was inside of them. Come on, man. (laughs) I felt like that was the one that was too much. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, like the Waco siege, uh, did we did we didn't do that. Did no, that? no, I don't think oh, we, we did. We've talked about it a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, it, well, Waco was just like Ruby Ridge. The government f- fucked it to pieces, ruined, like blew it, and handled it in a way that was not only completely unnecessary, but you know, if it had been the other way around, it would it would have been considered terrorism. Yeah, I mean. But at the same time, it's like hard to throw support at a fucking pedophile, which yeah. is what he was. And it, it, all the things you see where he's talking and making sense, and it's like, man, they're just some weird doomsday cult. It's like, yeah, but until he started fucking kids. Well, it's just the old, let's give them what they want, you know? It's like it's the end times, you know? Right. But it's that thing, so. Right. Like, it's the perfect play for David Koresh because people are like, well, I'm kind of tired of you having sex with my kids. And God not coming down from the sky and fighting Satan in front of us. He's like, well, just trust me, brother. The time will come. So I'm going to buy a whole bunch of automatic weapons and roll the dice. Mm. But he rolled them. He rolled them dices. <laughs> Fucking snake eyes. Or whatever's bad in craps. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know what craps is, really. Yeah, you do. Both of our pants. <laughs> That's just shit right now, man. I'm tired of even talking. That's just shit. Yeah, so while he was at the scene in Waco, which I like Bill Hicks <laughs> went down there and just imagine being trapped in a conversation with Timothy McVeigh and Bill Hicks. Ugh. You know, the government, man, the tentacles are everywhere and they want to control your life. But listen, I'm trying to write jokes about it and I can't. And I never did. Not even one. He put me on a Tool album. Yeah. Timothy Bates like, well, yeah, you know what, man? Tool that fuck rocks pretty hard, brother. And the government, yeah, that's a problem. And you're just there like, yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm here for the Colts. I like Colts. I want to see him keep going. That's what they mean by the pieces fitting, man. He's fitting them pieces together, brother. Yeah. You open your third eye. Oh, crap. This shit sucks. Yeah, so he's distributing pro-gun rights literature and bumper stickers, of course, which bared slogans such as, when guns are outlawed, I will become an outlaw. Damn. (laughs) And, like, a fucking hilarious thing that I learned about Timothy McVeigh reading through his dumb shit is during this whole time, like, once he got out of the Army, and (laughs) they try to make him sound like I mean, he was troubled, but they tried to make it seem like he was a loner and he went off the rails and he went on a pilgrimage across white America, which like he did get into a shitty car and drive around to various. He was driving the gun shows, driving to like white nationalist havens and just like fucking around learning. But the main thing he was doing is selling fucking bumper stickers. He was like Spencer's gifts. X. (laughs) Like he just had. All like does what you went when you went into like an edgy store like Gadzooks or Spencer's, yeah, and it wasn't edgy enough. You would go see Mister McVeigh out back. Fuck yeah! <laughs> and then he'd sell you a bumper sticker for four bucks. And like, there's a hilarious picture of him being at 
Waco, and he's got this shit car and all this fucking cool guy bumper stickers splayed out across it with a sign that says, bumper stickers, $4. <laughs> so he's, like, not even, like, there to fucking rally for the team pure-heartedly. Like, he didn't drop everything and go there. He went there to sell fucking $4 bumper stickers. Uh, he told a student reporter on the scene, the government is afraid of the guns people have because... They have to have control of people at all times. Once you take away the guns, you can do anything to the people. You give them an inch, and they take a mile. I believe we are slowly turning into a socialist government. The government is continually growing buffer. Buffer? More, more powerful, and the people need to prepare to defend themselves against government control. Wow. Just, the, the, the word buffer only came from him because all he wanted to do is put on muscle mass, but refused to lift weights. He's like, well, how could I get bigger? Well, why don't you lift the fucking weights? Well, it's hard. Oh, wow. For five months after the Waco siege, siege McVeigh worked, worked at gun shows, handed out free cards printed with Lou Harachi, the... Ruby Red Sniper, if you'll remember. Oh, wow. Okay. Had his name and address in hopes that somebody in the Patriot movement would assassinate the sharpshooter. Original old school doxing. Damn. From a man simply known on the primitive internet as the Wanderer. <laughs> what the fuck? How <laughs> I get you tied this all together, man? That's a. I just feel like all gun shows are the same. It's like carnies that were like, oh, "Fuck yeah, this shit, dude. man!" <laughs> it's the worst. Uh, McVeigh wrote hate mail. It's actually Horiuchi. Sorry, <laughs> Horiuchi suggesting that what goes around comes around. Horiuchi's probably like, I mean, he's a fucking one of the best snipers in the world. Yeah, and you failed. He was special forces, and you couldn't do it for two days. What are you going to do to him? Like, we, we, if he signed his name, he probably looked him up and was like, Oh, I shot the pussy. Oriuchi. Oriuchi. Man, no McVeigh. Teach him how to draw a sword. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. Yeah, just came and it was like the karate kid with snipering. Tight. Like, first... Lesson, Timothy, you suck my dick on, you suck my dick off. He's like, well, what does that have to do with karate? <laughs> no talk, suck dick. Draw on the sword, man. Okay. Salt up them tears, man. <laughs> hey, you know, you know, it's, it's what's it's what's going on, man. Yeah, that's what's going on. Yeah, he even considered putting away his original plan to target the Murat building to decide to tag to uh, fucking attack Horiuchi and his family instead. Timothy be became a fixture on the gun show circuit, traveling to forty states and visiting about eighty gun shows. And found out that the further west he went, the more anti-government sentiment he encountered, at least until he got to what he called 
the People's Socialist Republic of California. <laughs> he used that black flag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God damn, boy. They just fucking get uh, Rush Limbaugh to be the singer of uh, the Dead Kennedys instead of that other dork. Yeah. And to be fair, dude, I like Rush Limbaugh way more than I like Jello Biafra. Yeah? Yeah, dude. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> California. Just, uh, California. Uber Alice. California. Uber Alice. Tonight. Yeah. That would be pretty way cool. Way harder, dude. That would be cool, man. You could definitely call upon some people, man. A holiday in Cambodia. We're fucking young girls. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it's a holiday in Cambodia. There's sex slaves for us here already on the EIB Excellence in Broadcasting Radio Network. A holiday in Cambodia. I got to go empty out my fucking speed bag. Oh, great, man. Good. No problem. Not a problem. <laughs> words. You surpassed it this time, but now you just left me to fucking rot. <laughs> I don't think being a fixture on the gun show circuit is something that anyone should ever want in their lives. Like, man, I've been seeing you at all of these. That's when you got to look at yourself and go, I need to do something different. If you ever see the same person at a gun show, don't go back. You've done enough. <laughs> you don't need to be there anymore. Because, like, like that's, a, that's the type of person that buys knives at a gun show. It's like the person that's like, oh, damn, look at all these thousands of dollars I could spend on weapons. Well, I got a 20 swishing around in my pocket, so could I please get one crumb of a Hitler Youth knife, please? <laughs> I can, could I at least get a switchblade comb in my pocket? Could that, would the 20 do that for me? How about a bullet necklace and a switchblade comb? Those two things that I could possibly have for this crumb. <laughs> uh, McVeigh sold survival items and copies of the Turner Diary, which the Turner Diary, dude, I don't, I've, I feel like I've shit on it before. It is the worst book. It's seriously like one of the top selling books in American history, too, which is another point that I've always wanted to make is that white power shit sell. It moves fucking units. The, you just have the most garbage product of all time and to be a white person and shit on other races, and you're going to make a million fucking dollars. Like, the Turner Diaries is a piece of shit. It's like any single Goosebumps book is a goddamn Nobel Prize award-winning masterpiece compared to the Turner Diaries. It's not very long, and it follows the guy, Turner, in his fucking seclusion off into the wilderness to get collide and repro- like in the end times when it all shit hits the fan, there's a race war and you got to repopulate the earth with only pure, beautiful white people. And when he's out there in the woods, all he does is fuck this other white woman. And it goes into detail, but you can tell it's written by the hand of a man that's never had sex. Yeah, or even touched the inside of a velvet mitten one time. But when you repopulate the earth, man, like. The, the guy, I mean, no one's even sure that that's how you do it. Well, they think a, it's right. Because uh, of Christ. Yeah. Adam and Eve lighting up the beef, man. But yeah. yeah. You fucking, uh, that's just how incest happens, man. You got a yeah, kid that comes yeah, yeah, out yeah, yeah. with one eye looking to the sky, one looking down the hill. Yep. You already did that, bitch. Did I? 
You really did. I don't remember, but I he just says he definitely says you like <laughs> the, which you know. I don't I think just, you're not even repeating yourself. It's just fucking your special brand of retardation striking yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah, because that's what happened to me, man. You know, somebody <laughs> hooked it up my family, but that was already in it. Yeah, you know, is that what happened to your back? You think? Yeah, dude, for sure. It's just like the two people in your family that had the most back the fucked one. I, I watched this. <laughs> I like, watched this documentary. Like that, it was, independently, you guys had. A fine amount of back. Now it was a little much. Yeah. The, the, the amount of back you had, I will say, was a little more than average. But uh-huh. you had no business having sex with one another. You're playing with fire because you knew if your back impregnated her back, then the back that would come out of that relationship would somewhere down the road produce enough back for four men. I watched this fucking documentary about like the most perfect fucking ramp of skateboarding in the eighties. And it was you? No, it wasn't because I was like, you know, it was like 86 or something. I was like 88. So my back wasn't, you know, I was like a lawn trumpet too, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But now I'm like, yeah, yo, if you want to hit me up, skate this back. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Man. If you skate Buddy's back, you ain't coming back. You're going to fucking Saturn, dude. Sponsor me, man. What's up, do tour? I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. You hit just use up. Buddy as a jump. <laughs> Nausea Houston. Like, uh, are, you you, are you guys tired of dangerous criminals speeding through your neighborhood? Well, throw Buddy's back down on your street, and there's no way a car could speed over that. That's how my back gets thrown <laughs> out. <laughs> Do some gnarly flip tricks on this old boy. Yeah, so an author said, In gun show culture, McVeigh had a home. Though he, remind, though he remained skeptical of the most extreme ideas being bandied around, he liked talking to people they're about the United Nations, the federal government, and possible threats to American liberty. That was another fucking hilarious conspiracy theory. Is that like the United Nations was going to take over America? Yeah. Do people still think that? I'm sure. Well, wasn't that like Project... Ah, it was called something. There was like Project something. It sounded like a new metal band, like Project 56 or something. Yeah, who knows? Like they like, uh, they're coming! They got the FEMA zones all quadranted off. They got coffins. Me and Governor Jesse Ventura saw the coffins. But yeah, it was like the FEMA zones. Remember that shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it is, man. It doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. As soon as they're like, well, you know, United Nations just means uh, Brian farting. <laughs> that was a fart? That was a fart, oh man. Oh, my God. It sounded like a rotating fan getting stuck. <laughs> you know, when they're like... <laughs> Remember when they had Hot Wheels with the ripcord in them? Yeah. That was the longest ripcord that there was fucking available, dude. Don't get shot by fucking somebody that's got, you know, something wrong with them. Sure, sure. And, of course, along the way, fucking Timothy McVeigh d- started picking up a fucking merry bounty of scamps and scoundrels and rascals to pal around with. Hell, yeah. He had a road atlas with hand-drawn designations of the most likely places nuclear attacks would happen and considered buying property in Siegelman, Arizona, which he only wanted to buy that because it sounds like Seagull, man, which he determined to be a nuke-free zone. In the meantime, he lived with Michael Fortier in Kingman, Arizona, and became super close Nazi buddies and was eventually the best man at Fortier's wedding. He's like, now listen, Michael, before you go through this, you know, it's going to be a few years till they invent 23 of me, so are you sure, brother, 
that she's got the purest of white blood because she weighs about 400 pounds and it'd be real hard to see everything that's in there, you know, because, I mean, she's probably eating enough raisinettes that she might be a different ethnicity. Damn. Going back to that weird fruit clit that the yeah. watermelon's got. I would way with a fucking melon in this guy's life. She is a melon. <laughs> McVeigh fucking experimented with weed. Oh, crap. <laughs> but then, of course, meth. After uh, yeah. after researching the benefits in an encyclopedia. What the, was the encyclopedia Mein Kampf? He's like, I'll refer to my encyclopedia now. <laughs> oh, your educational files on the history of... You you want to look up what an aardvark is? Well, let's see Hitler's take on the subject. Man, I can't even smoke weed because, you know, it don't make me want to kill nobody except myself. Do I, it. Do it. Oh, you want to fire it up? Let's blow myself up. Weed makes you want to kill yourself? No, I mean, it just makes me go, man, I'm not good. Yeah. It makes me, like, it's it's a... Uh, well, you know what? I'm next, like the guy next that's... Next time you're a, sitting around yeah. watching Farm Club, you should get high and then, like, you know... Yeah. Help me with Instagram. It's like re- it's it's like it's like reverse body positive shit. You know, it's body negative. It's like man, you know what a piece of shit you are watching Farm Club. It's right. <laughs> it's telling the truth, man. I don't want. That's the, why you're. Yeah, I don't yeah. like the truth. Yeah, that's why. Don't you're open afraid my of third it. eye. Fuck Bob Marley. I ain't doing <laughs> no shit like that. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, so you know, he gave a little fucking little. Taste of that mess. There's only one band I hate way more than the Beatles. Bob Marley? That's not a band. We're talking about the Whalers? I don't like them either, man. Uh, I do not like Sublime. Fuck that shit. Sublime's terrible. No one likes Sublime, dude. You don't think they do? No. They like Sublime with Rome. <laughs> Tight. Yeah. They like Sublime with HR in it. HR was in Sublime <laughs> for a sec. No. Yeah, he was. He was in Sublime? Yeah, dude. You got to watch the HR documentary. I hate my head. I can't even imagine. I mean, Sublime's bad enough, but like that dude could sing kind of, I guess. And he would hang out with Deftones, too. Deftones would take him on tour and let him do. They would do. Oh, uh, I, yeah, I remember that. Bro- shit. Yeah. That's fucking crazy, man. Oh, God. Like, let's let this fucking absolutely wasted mind and spirit fucking follow us to a successful band around on tour. That'll be fun. Really, schizophrenia is just real smart. Yeah, well, he was he got all PCP'd out, right? On top no, of no, no, that was just his brain. Yeah, he's yeah, schizophrenic. That's not good. <laughs> he's <laughs> married. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that's a happy house. She got him help. <laughs> okay, man, white pussy's powerful, dog. That's true. Then that, that's the whole reason that you become a Rastafarian when you're from Washington D.C. Yeah, man. Yes, I pop the white pussy. Have you ever watched that documentary? Selassie, I blessed the pop open of the white pussy. I've I, I try watched it, but I you know he dresses up like a woman. I was and he's got like yep. fucking like airline <laughs> shit, like yeah. airline fucking briefcases and shit, and walking yep. around, dude. It's tight. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I love to laugh at a retard as the next person, but <laughs> HR actually stands for hard retard. <laughs> yeah. He ain't using a wheelchair ramp. Nah, so. nah, nah. He's just walking around, dude. He ain't even got a car to put that fucking handicap sign up. Yeah. So anyway, 48 loved to get fucked up on meth and weed. And uh, McVeigh would end up parting ways with him in April of 1993. McVeigh headed for a farm in Michigan where Terry Nichols lived, a good friend from his platoon. 
got along with him great because they both hated working with black people. Also, never had sex. Could there be a correlation? On the Nichols farm, Terry and his brother taught McVeigh how to make explosives out of readily available materials. Specifically, they combined household chemicals and plastic jugs. Now, I have told the story on the podcast several times of having a great time putting chemicals into a jug with some tinfoil, swishing it up, tossing it around, causing a huge explosion. That's just good old-fashioned fun. Don't do it. <laughs> you should. It's great. Rocks. You don't remember this story? I remember it. That's what I'm saying. Did the FBI come? Well, yes. Okay. <laughs> the destruction of the Waco compound enraged McVeigh and convinced him that it was time to take action. Specifically, the government uses of CS gas on women and children angered McVeigh, who was familiar with its effects. And, you know, I mean, he's a fucking boiling pot. He's a bum. He's a loser. He's traveling around to gun shows. His friends are all fucking losers. He's got nowhere to go. He's listening to Coast to Coast AM and Rush Limbaugh in a shit-ass car that he's sleeping in every night, driving to the next gun show to make $40 on bumper stickers. But again, it starts with you. It's not anyone's fault that that's happening to Timothy McVeigh, but Timothy McVeigh's. He didn't want to get a job. I mean, all he owed was like 2000 fucking dollars. Like, dude, work for two months, <laughs> and you're good. That's it. But he didn't want to, and that's like the classic blame everybody else mentality. It's a black people's fault. No, it's really not, dude. It's just that you're lazy. And then, you know, sure, the government handled Ruby Ridge wrong. That pissed him off. It pissed everybody off. I mean, even though those were fucking goofball white nationalists, I mean, that's... Why we got into this, because it, it, it's like the thing, like that shit stroked white nationalist flames so much in that time period. It's what actually drove them to doing it. To, like even the shit we're seeing today, like the militant attitude, they was all make-believe until the government actually went after somebody. And then it made it real for them. I mean, I know I spent a fucking hour, an hour yelling about this shit just a couple of weeks ago, but it's still... Like, you got to look at all the angles of it, is that this wouldn't have happened. It, it's just like once you start an actual altercation, I and mean, in a way that dork shit that he said about they already started a war, he's just fighting it. It's kind of true. I mean, like I said, he didn't go and fight like a fucking military unit should have. Like, it would have been hard. It would have been hard if Timothy McVeigh, like, went to an FBI headquarters and just started popping at him. Yeah. That's how you do it. Because mm-hmm. all you're going to do is make a point anyway. You're not going to, like, win. <laughs> like, you're not going to, like, overthrow the government. But you would be way more respected if you didn't do cowardly shit like blowing fucking kids up. No. So the destruction of Waco is the, the last fucking straw on the camel's back. Anti-government rhetoric was becoming more radical he began to sell ATF hats riddled with bullet holes, which is a pretty fucking smart merch angle for your fucking bumper sticker sideshow. He's like Rick to life. Just traveling around selling fucking handmade merch. No, nah, it's, it's real ATF merch. Bullet holes in it. And he would sell flare guns, which could quote unquote shoot down an ATF helicopter. Well, <laughs> 
No, they couldn't. <laughs> he yeah. began producing videos detailing the government's actions at Waco, handed out pamphlets with titles like, United States government initiates open warfare against American people, and Waco shootout evokes memories of Warsaw 43. He began chaining his answering machine messages to quotes from Patrick Henry, and experimented with pipe bombs and other small explosives in response to the new firearm restrictions in 1994, which, coincidentally, Bernie Sanders was talking about on Joe Rogan. Now, what happened, Joe, is a time in America where we decided that we did not need automatic assault rifles, which was overturned the next time that there was an all-Republican majority. I voted for this to be implemented because at the time I was having steamy, hot, gay intercourse, and I knew for a fact that if someone was able to bring in an assault-style weapon, I would absolutely cram it into my asshole. Therefore, I could not allow that on the Congress floor. Yeah. You got to fight for the right to party, man. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. McVeigh distanced himself from his childhood friend Steve Hodge by sending him a 23-page farewell letter. There's no way Steve Hodge Ooh. read that shit. If you, could you imagine Buddy sending me a letter? He was like, this is... Well, yeah, I can't imagine Buddy writing. But if he was just like, man, this is goodbye. I want to look back. I would just immediately throw it away. Yeah. Like, All right, he's gone. Nothing we can do to stop it. You better not. <laughs> you better not break me. <laughs> you better not break me. That's all I got to say. Because if you take me down a deep, dark path, I'll have your ass. <laughs> You're the... Okay. <laughs> all right, man. I'll let you have that. Uh, he proclaimed his devotion to the U.S. Declaration of Independence, explaining in detail, line and line over again, what every sentence in the Declaration of the Independence meant to him personally. Imagine reading that shit. We the people, that now important because of us. That means me and you. But not the blacks. <laughs> God damn it, dude. McVeigh, like the rest of you nerds are trying to do, visited Area 51 prior to his attack to defy the government's orders of not photographing the location, then went to Gulfport, Mississippi to determine the veracity of rumors about UN operations. Two back-to-back super fucking hilarious things. Number one... He went to Area 51 to stick his dick in the government by taking a picture of Area 51, not seeing if he could go inside of Area 51, thus risking an altercation with the very agents that he supposedly hates. In other words, he's not willing to fight to get into Area 51, but he will take a picture (laughs) and sneak away (laughs) and then go to fucking Gulfport, Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the United Nations information hides at. If you want to get down to the brass tacks about the real politics of this country, you got to travel deep to the heart of Mississippi. If you want to know who's pulling the strings and what the future holds, you got to talk to the scholars of Mississippi. Yeah. That's who really knows what's going on. (laughs) 
This turned out to be a false idea that Russian vehicles were there being configured for UN-sponsored humanitarian aid efforts. Efforts. <laughs> like, where the fuck did you hear that at, you dipshit? My favorite thing there? was, like, when, you know, during the government shutdown, the, the first one during the Obama administration, so, uh, there was a guy who was like, y'all got to be careful. As soon as you see blue helmets, that's UN. Y'all know what time it is. <laughs> you know, like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, the government shut down. That means they're not working right now. That means that martial law could be. I remember Alex Jones going on exactly. about martial yeah, law. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, damn, they could really do that. And then, you know, all my friends that had government jobs were like, they're not paying us, but they're going to pay us when they get back in session. But we don't have to work right now. Woo! It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, definitely. You got to look out for the fucking government who's drinking a 40 ounce at. 11 a.m. on a Wednesday, really getting their fucking members together and coming for us. Yeah, yeah. Blue helmets, man. That's <laughs> it. When I heard that, I was like, man, all right, brother. You yeah. have a good night. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what? Somebody, your parents, when you were at the, the video store, your parents should have slapped Red Dawn out of your fat little fingers. Yeah. <laughs> that ruined your life. After all these trips, McVeigh and Nichols began making bulk purchases of ammonium nitrate, which was an agricultural fertilizer for resale to survivalists. Since rumors were circulating that the government was going to ban it, they decided that they needed to get all of it that they could, which, of course, would raise some red flags. Next step would be preparing their arsenal to take down the Marah Federal Building in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, which is where we'll pick back up next week. We'll get to the actual attack. We'll find out just how stupid this man was to get caught. Yep. What song did you pick for this fucking episode? Man, I picked a... I feel like it's an underrated album in general, but uh, I picked a, a song off of Exodus's uh, Shovel-Headed Kill Machine, uh, the first song, Rays. You know, it's fucking... That's the only Exodus song I like. Yeah, it's all good. Is that that one? It's like, light that shit up like a Roman candle. Burn this bitch straight to the ground. Yeah, Yeah, it's tight. tight. That whole album's great. Here's a spicy take for you. Exodus fucking sucks. Some of it does. Oh, every bit of it. (laughs) Except for the song you like? I don't even like the whole song. I do like the double bass part where he's saying that, though. That gets me going. All right. Anyways. Yeah, so we picked that. It's or I picked that. It's good shit, man. It's a uh, nope, <laughs> nope, nope. I mean, wishy wash Josh. Don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, so uh, there's that, and then uh, you know, I just yeah, I was still on the same playing field. Of just fucking like you don't have to listen to anybody, man. Just figure your own shit out. Yeah, you could take points and then like just analyze them, and then come up with your own points. Do that. Yeah. Don't go do something dumb because somebody said, hey, man, this is what's going on. Yeah, stay up until 6 a.m. watching farmclub.com and tell your parents to suck your dick. I mean, I enjoyed it. I just analyzed the points. (laughs) Yeah. You got to figure out the deep ins and outs of the what does farmclub.com mean to me. Shit. (laughs) 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 All right, man. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Salute to everyone who supports the cause. Review us on iTunes because I can promise you that white nationalists will be giving us one stars again. See you next time.